Have you ever wondered about the origins of the Force? What about the Jedi? This is the promise we're getting for the upcoming Dawn of the Jedi movie, but how will this change the galaxy? And why is this Star Wars gaming news bad for the future of games? Welcome to Star Wars Uplink, your place for everything Star Wars gaming, the TV shows, and the movies. Let's jump in. Just you reconsider playing that message for him. 25,000 years before the Phantom Menace. Before we get a glimpse of the Skywalker saga, before Anakin is a glint in the Force and Shmi's <laughs> eyes, there is going to be a story told about the origins of the Jedi, the dawn of the Jedi, you could say. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about this. We haven't gotten many details from what was announced at Star Wars Celebration. And there's some big caveats on this, of course. And I want to talk about that as well. But Dawn of the Jedi seems like a really exciting time for Star Wars because it's going further back than anything that we've seen before. And it is a new era in the past in Star Wars canon. I I think this is the furthest back we've seen in Star Wars. Oh, surely. I might be wrong about that. There might be a Legends thing that is like set 100,000 years before the events of, I don't know, like Battle of Yavin. But I think this is, this is definitely going to be up there with the longest that we've seen away from the Skywalker saga. It's really the boldest moment I would say because we really haven't seen much break away from the Skywalkers Mm -hmm. so this is a really bold move and to make it a movie just seems like wow okay we're we're taking Star Wars to a new level because yeah like you said the movies we've only seen a very limited time frame within Star Wars we've seen the prequels we've seen the original trilogy and we've seen the sequel trilogy, and then even the spinoff movies like Rogue One takes place really soon. I mean, I mean, it leads up into the point of A New Hope, and then Solo takes place, I think, what was it, like four or five years before A New Hope? That's the state of Star Wars movies. If we're looking at Star Wars movies as like the state of canon, if this is if this is the truth, if the movies are the sacred timeline and then like all the TV shows are the branches, like we haven't strayed far at all when it comes to the movies. Again, we've seen crazy things in Legends, we've seen crazy things in canon in terms of where they're going to go in the timeline, but in terms of official content, even in the TV shows, if you take those into account, we haven't seen a broadening of of that timeline at all Mm -hmm. and now we're going to get something that is 25,000 years before anything else yeah I mean in all those movies that you just mentioned there's a Skywalker in them yeah (laughs) Uh (laughs) it might be Vader but it's still a Skywalker yeah (laughs) so yeah this is a this is a big move Mm -hmm. Uh, that's kind of a lot of pressure in a way and yet a lot of freedom also yeah I think the pressure comes with how it's going to impact our relationship with the Force. Because if you look at the impact of our relationship with the Force with the prequels, you can look at the midichlorians and and see something that wasn't quite a positive impact in that they've basically scrubbed away from the timeline entirely. They've definitely trimmed that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this idea of, of, yes, there is going to be a belief around or what we know of as, of this movie is that there's going to be a delving into of the origins of the Jedi and this is going to be different than the origins that we've seen 
more than likely in Legends, and I'm I'm excited about that. Like mm-hmm. you said, there's great freedom, but there's also great uh, pressure on that because yeah. they have to set up how the Force is going. They have to take into account, I should say, how the Force is going to take effect in the original trilogy, how it's perceived in the prequels, how it's perceived in the sequel trilogy, how it's perceived in Ahsoka, how it's going to be perceived in the upcoming Rey movie and continuation on that. And then it needs to set the foundation of all of those things Mm -hmm. and also make it interesting Mm -hmm. yeah there's a it's gonna be really fascinating to see especially with the force side of things what it is that they push the boundary of and then like chalk up the rest of it to be like oh well it just became like this standardized thing later on so we could be super free with it in this beginning era yeah. sort of thing. It's like, I really wonder what how they're going to balance that and make mm-hmm. us believe, oh no, they could be so different with the Force at this yeah. point in time and then still allow us to believe, but then that's why they chose this later on. Like, I, It's going to be really interesting to see how yeah. they do that and make it believable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because in theory, there is no creation of the Force and there's no destruction of the Force. If it is a creation or an idea of every living thing contributes to it, if there is this idea that everything is connected through the Force, there is no creation date. There is no, like, destruction date. It is integral to the part of if there are living creatures in this galaxy, in this universe, there is the Force. And there are species outside of the known galaxy that we've seen in Legends that take this idea of the Force and do something really interesting with it. And they utilize the Force as a technology. They utilize Force or may not have an impact of the Force, really. There's a couple species that are Force agnostic hmm. like they, they have no impact from the force and they cannot be impacted by the force but there is still this idea that the force is a part of everything yeah in this star wars galaxy and then we have the introduction of ahsoka which mm-hmm. is changing the perspective of the force with sabine being not necessarily force sensitive but able to wield the force in certain bursts and then there's this idea around just how their perception of the force is changing Mm -hmm. and the whole idea around Peridia and a a closer tie to the origins of the night sisters which is the origins of the force which is the origins of like the dark side Mm -hmm. than we've seen any in any canon material Mm -hmm. i am very curious to know how they're going to like introduce the force mm-hmm. to characters. Yeah. Cause is it going to be this fire moment, like discovery right, of fire. Right. Or? or is it just like some monk like mm-hmm. character? Is that how this starts? Is it going to be, do they get high on like, um, hey. uh, death sticks or <laughs> <laughs> spice? <laughs> the original death sticks. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just going to be really interesting where they pull the origins out of i think mm-hmm. is it just someone noticing a crazy creature who can wield the force in a certain yeah. way and they just adapt that to their own i don't know it's gonna be really really interesting mm-hmm. or even like they are utilizing the force but they just create more structure around it to give them more ability to wield that like mm-hmm. fine-tuning it like yes you can chomp down a tree with a sharp rock but if you sharpen the rock and then attach it to a stick you're going to be even more efficient at chopping down that tree and eventually you might create materials like uh, iron and metal to get even more efficient is that like 
the path that they're going down or are they going to look more at what what is the state of the galaxy here right or are they being trained by some force like mm-hmm. being gods. right like is this something that's being passed down to these mortals or something mm-hmm. like it, it, it almost like prometheus and fire right <laughs> yeah or like even the um kind of the force neutral <laughs> creature in rebels yeah like maybe it's something like that where it's this nature creature it gifts i don't know some sort of knowledge of the force yeah. to someone the possibilities are honestly endless as to yeah. how then that's what's really exciting and that's kind of like i want to get a vibe check mm. almost of how we're feeling about this movie like mm-hmm. i honestly am really excited about it because one whether or not you enjoyed the new indiana jones dial of destiny you can recognize that james mangold is a very accomplished director he did logan like do you need any more semblance of like what you can do with an established franchise and do very well Mm -hmm. than Logan? So I think that they're in good hands there. And I think it's hard to mess something up this so far back. Yeah. Yeah. And he says he almost wants this to be like the 10 commandments style of, of a star Wars. He wants this to be a big epic of biblical proportions and go into more of the mysticism and religious aspects, I think, of what the Force is, because that is definitely part of what the Force is. And going into some ideas around like Joseph Campbell and the origins of the types of storytelling, and like that's what heavily inspired George Lucas and the creation of the Star Wars. It's this retelling of classic myths and stories and legends in this new and familiar structure. Like he's taking the ideas of Joseph Campbell and making them digestible for this new age as well as doing a little bit of political commentary on top of that like are they going to go back to this idea the structure that inspired star wars and mm-hmm. follow that or are they going to do something different and i think mm-hmm. that's exciting uh-huh. but how, how are you feeling vibe wise on on this honestly i really don't know um just because I I don't try to get my hopes up around these things. Uh-huh. So I'm trying to keep it real low. <laughs> and uh, I I am excited, though. Like, I definitely am very intrigued mm-hmm. by everything that I've heard about yeah. this. Of all of the Star Wars projects, mm-hmm. like, we've got Taika Waititi and we've mm-hmm. got the Ray uh, movie. Yeah. And we've got this one. Those yeah. are the three ones that we've got. Would you say this one's your mo- most anticipated? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I would definitely say so. I feel like Taika Waititi one is like, oh, it's gonna be a fun romp. It's gonna be fun. Like, this is gonna be fun. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be wild, yeah. no matter what it is. Yeah, it's gonna be like a really different take for Star Wars. I would feel, um, but not too different. So it should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray, okay, cool. I hope they do something good with her character. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Well, she won't be the lead. She'll be training the right. two leads apparently still, you can still do something cool with her character yeah it would be great that'd be awesome would love that for womankind um <laughs> but no this one this one intrigues me the most because i think it's the most uh, vague mm-hmm. in a way um it's an empty canvas mm-hmm. really yeah for it to be set so far back um yeah, it's going to be, I'm, I'm just so intrigued to see what the balance that they strike with the past to what we know as Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Uh, I'm really looking forward to it as well. I, I do want to ask the question because we have this new era. More than likely, we're going to see other projects in this era. What are your thoughts on it being like the next step? Like, do you think that they sh- they're going to have like a cadence almost of like, okay, we're going to have Ray movie, we're going to have a crazy spinoff with an interesting director movie, and then we're going to have an era specific movie do you think Mm -hmm. that's going to be the flow of future star wars movies or do you think it's going to be more scattershot i could see the flow like if we put this in gaming terms call of duty has a yearly release but typically they have three different studios working on a three-year cycle for each of those movies Hmm. or each of those games so there's (laughs) like the sledgehammer game there's like um Ravensoft or something like that there's the three different studios and they each have three years to develop a game and they release in that cycle I wonder if that's what they're gonna almost aim for or if they're just gonna go more like auteur film of like we're gonna put ever whatever movie comes out first that's the movie that we're gonna go for honestly I feel like that's more of their strategy yeah (laughs) which I think is fine if you look at if you look at Marvel like they had Mm -hmm. a super hardcore strategy with their shows and movies and it didn't go very well. So it went well for a few movies, and then it. But you like I listened to that MCU book. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a, a real hardcore plan mm. during those early movies. Mm. It was a lot more of like, okay, I think we can do this. Let's see if we can get it out this time, and they could, would restructure things as it came about and then they went super hardcore structured because they had to to create that amount of content, and it just kind of floundered. Mm. Yeah, it just lost its spark. Mm -hmm. I could see that. Yeah, honestly, I think I would prefer them to stay kind of... Not haphazard per se, but uh, just just keep it... Handmade. Just keep it loose. Keep it creative, guys. Like... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Keep canceling shows and then pop it up. No, don't do that. Stop it. (laughs) Do not cancel any more things, please. Just maybe... Don't feel the pressure of having to like announce everything yeah. so that we get our hopes up and then you go, oh yeah, actually we might do one of those. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of canceling, that leads perfectly into our next topic, which is the KOTOR remake. And this is a very troubled game. This is a highly anticipated game. This is something that we've all been wanting and hoping for and I think would be a great thing to have to the idea and library of Star Wars video games. But, of course, since we really want that, it's not going to (laughs) happen with Star Wars, it seems. Mm -hmm. And the story is, it was announced, there was uh, excitement around it, as you would expect. And then the, um, I think it's Aspire Media, the, the company that was going to work on it, they had previously only worked on remasters and ports of games. So this was like, okay, interesting. I don't know why that's a good fit. Wouldn't you go with more of like a standard, like actual game studio that creates their own titles and can work with something this big rather than just porting games or kind of restructuring games for a new system? Or I think our intuitions might have been a little too good there with that <laughs> questioning because, yeah, that didn't go very well. And they announced that there was some restructuring and that studio had some issues. I think they were slightly pulled off the project and then it came back and then it kind of just went dark. And they said they were pausing 
on a development on it entirely. But we do have a quote from Jeff Grubb, who is an industry insider and has a lot of different sources and honestly leaks quite a bit of, of, of pretty big news stories and has a relatively good track record throughout the years. This is what he says. Quote, Sony is wanting to be done with it. My stuff comes from PlayStation. It feels like it cannot happen without a partner like Sony. Sony seemed to be out. With the funding pulled, to me, it's definitely done and no reason for anyone to be working on it. The reality is, maybe someone somewhere is imagining it could happen and someone could be working on it. I don't know that far. I don't know what's happening inside Embracer they would have to find someone to make that happen with. I know Lucas is very excited to make it happen for years, so I think if Embracer can find someone, maybe it can still happen. Uh, yeah. When funding gets pulled out of your project, um, that's a sure sign it's dead. Yeah, and not just funding, <laughs> Sony funding. Mm-hmm. So Sony, um, they've had a long history of making single-player action rpg style games uncharted god of war and spider-man these kinds of games they're big they're bold they're blockbusters and they focus on story and good story and exciting mechanics and recently in the past couple years what they did is they made a push for more live service games and this was a big focus for a year, maybe a year and a half, possibly even two years. And then they pulled back recently. They're saying, hey, we're going to do more single player style games and we're going to have a couple tentpole style live service games because that's what people expect from us. That's what people want from us. And everyone else is looking for that live service aspect of things. But if Sony doesn't want this, and if Embracer and Lucasfilm, Lucasfilm definitely want this, or Lucasfilm Games definitely wants this. If Embracer is not up to snuff, I do wonder if they're going to try to find alternate sources of funding. Is this something that they're going to look maybe to EA, or are they going to look to Xbox? Because Xbox does have Bethesda working on a Lucasfilm Games Indiana Jones game. Hmm. So they do have some tie-in. There are some examples like this throughout the years. But... The money to to stake for Kotor it would be a lot. Yeah, it'd be huge. I mean, from the yeah, from the rumors, what we saw was this is going to be a combo one and two game too. Oh my gosh! Yeah. What? Uh huh. No. So guys. they almost create uh. like the ultimate canon version of the Kotor story, is what 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 we are hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was a huge undertaking to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if they just say, hey, we're going to make the, we're going to remake the game. Same kind of style of gameplay, modern graphics, modern engine, modern everything. That in and of itself would be big. Mm -hmm. But to combine the stories, the branching structure, as well as the hype around that, that would be huge. Yeah. And you would kind of think like, oh, well, maybe it's not as bad because they still have something to go off of. Like there's still a game that there are games that are have, have been made. Mm-hmm. You just got to polish it up. Yeah. No, no. It's got to be harder than that. <laughs> yeah. I I really am sad about this. I honestly expected it because yeah. there's ups and downs. The, the trailer got removed. The trailer got put back up. There were Sony people saying, yeah, no, this isn't happening. There's Embracer people that saying, yes, this is definitely happening. They put it on their investor calendar, I think it was. <laughs> so there was a lot of backgrounds. And this is all like in the last month or two. So there's been a lot of movement around this recently, but it's been 
negative movement, which mm-hmm. makes me really sad because I think in the, if we're looking at the landscape of Star Wars games, if we're looking at the Jedi survivors, the Fallen Orders, the the Battlefronts, the Squadrons, the Outlaws, like these are the kinds of games that we want and are expecting. But we're in a really weird space with Star Wars games because I feel like we've gotten more canceled Star Wars games than we've had announcements and released Star Wars games. We had Battlefront 1 and 2, we had Squadrons, and we had the the two Jedi games. Mm. And that was the 10 years of the EA exclusivity deal. And now that that's opened, we're getting Star Wars Outlaws and we're getting a lot of announcements actually from EA properties actually. Mm. Respawn's got like three or four Star Wars games that they're working on on top of another sequel to Jedi Survivor. So there's that side of things, but now that it's opened, it almost seems like we're getting less Star Wars games, even though more studios can pitch them now. Yeah. Honestly, it doesn't really surprise me. Like, I feel like it could be an overwhelming sort of thing Mm -hmm. situation where it's like, oh my gosh, there's just too many. Well, why would you license the game where you have to pay 10, 15, 20% of the sales of the game back to Disney when you could just create your own sequel or franchise that you don't have to do that. Yeah, it's true. Maybe this is a good thing. Maybe this is going to allow something as good or better to come up, to come to be so that mm-hmm. someone's like, hey, this isn't happening. I have an idea and I have the passion to get behind it yeah. to actually make something really good. Maybe that's better. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I hope so. I hope that, or, or maybe just Respawn just ends up being the <laughs> Apex and Star Wars studio. That'd be great. Uh, I really would appreciate that i think they've done a really good job and they've done the best star wars in star wars most consistently without controversy um besides like the weird run game running and and bug stuff with jedi survivor but like that was their first game on new consoles Mm. so it's a little bit understandable but like I didn't have too many issues with my playthrough. I think it only crashed like twice and Jedi Fallen Order crashed like five times for me. So for me, it was more stable than Jedi Fallen Order. But like I had so much fun. The Jedi Survivor, Jedi Fallen Order are incredible games. Some of, if not my favorite games in Star Wars, period, including all of the awesomeness in like the 2000s. Mm. So if they can do that, if they can bring these kinds of stories and and do this kind of storytelling, I'm all on board for it. But I really wish that we would get some kind of clarity. Like, what is the plan for Star Wars games? Star Wars Outlaws is going to be coming out pretty soon. Probably in the next six months or so, Mm. I would say. And that's exciting. Yeah. But other than that, what are we getting? Right. Why does it have to be like nine months before we figure out, oh, there is something coming, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's no, the hype, the hype is not there. For Star Wars games, it seems. Yeah, and, but it is. It is there when we get. It's there get from the like community, promised. but it's not yeah. there from like the devs right. or anything like that. Yeah. Like it definitely seems like it's almost like a, a black sheep of the family. Like yes, I know they can print great sums of money. <laughs> yes, it has printed great sums of money. Yes, it would print more sums of money, but we're not going to do that. It's like why? Yeah. Why not? I would love to see a return to the kinds of storytelling and, and gaming that we had in like the early 2000s where mm-hmm. we would get I'm not saying we need a star we need four Star Wars games a year. I'm not saying we need like two Star Wars games a year. I would love it if we had one Star Wars game a year. That would be freaking awesome. Maybe one Star Wars game every other year could be nice, but I think one Star Wars game a year would be awesome 
especially if they try different things. If you have like the pure open world of the Jedi out or the Star Wars Outlaws, and if you have the more like linear platforming open world game of like the Jedi series, and then you have maybe a live service game or like a shooter style game, I think that would be awesome. If you start going on this cadence, mm-hmm. I think that would be freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of opportunity. I mean, even if they did. A- <laughs> You know if they did a new uh, Star Wars racer. I mean, come on! Yeah, like even something like that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Just new graphics, new places to go. Yeah, great. More awesome. planets. I'd be there. Ex- that's exactly right. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be like this big expanse. Like it can totally be something like mm-hmm. that. It could be the squadrons. It could be something like smaller scale, but with room to grow. Right. And like honestly, I love the Battlefront games. I think they were super fun. I do not want DICE to make another Battlefront game ever. Yeah. I think they failed with that franchise, and I think they did a poor job actually leveraging that or standing their ground for what they needed to do to make that game successful, and they fell to the will of EA and the the loot box controversy and all of that stuff. They need a studio that can start small and expand on top of that, and that is not DICE. Mm. I would love to see a live service game, but I do not want to see another live service game from DICE again, unfortunately. But what would be really awesome is a Republic Commando like team shooter game. That would be sweet. Four pe- groups of four mm-hmm. trying to accomplish tasks on a live service online game. Sign me up. Mm-hmm. Even as a Battle Royale. I, I think mean, that would be interesting. It would be interesting. I'm kind of burnt out on Battle Royals. Like, do enough. we need any more Battle Royals? I don't, I don't know. It's so. just interesting. Yeah. But, like, okay. But like, definitely. Yeah. No, there's just, there's so many areas that Star Wars has not infiltrated. So I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Why not? Broaden your scope. Yeah. I think that can be interesting. Let us know your thoughts, though, in the comments below or contact at uplinkpodcast.com. Leave us a review. It helps us out a ton wherever you can. Rate us on Spotify. Helps out a ton. And it's completely free. You can listen to the podcast wherever you find podcasts. And as always, thank you for listening. May the Force be with you.